Welcome to Pursuing Biblical Masculinity, a podcast where we explore God's Word to uncover the disciplines we need to live out our faith. Our heart is to help men not just know Scripture, but to help them put it into practice so that they can stand firm no matter what comes their way. So over the last few weeks, we've been talking about family worship and how implementing family worship is a powerful way for us to lead our families spiritually. As men, we are called to be heads of our homes. This means that we have the responsibility to lead. And an area that we need to lead in well is spiritual leadership, spiritual direction within our homes. So the last few weeks, we've talked about what family worship is, uh, where we find family worship in scripture, our duty as men to lead our family spiritually. So today we're going to get really practical and we're going to talk about how we can implement family worship in our homes. A lot of times we hear something like spiritual leadership, family worship, it just seems like another thing to do and it seems like a really big burden and oftentimes it can feel really scary uh, because it's not something that we do all the time. Uh, and and if, if you're like me, uh, a lot of guys, you know, if we're not good at something, we tend to stay away from those things. But in this episode, we are going to give you a step-by-step roadmap on how you can begin to implement this in your home. So the first thing you need to do when implementing family worship is prepare. Take some time to prepare and set yourself up for success. You need to start with what? What are you going to do? What scripture passage are you going to look at? Are you going to be using a devotional or maybe some kind of guide? Uh, Does your church or your denomination have a confession maybe that you can study? Uh, Maybe they've got some catechisms or or certain creeds you might want to go through with your children. Uh, Are there psalms or hymns or other songs that your family would enjoy singing and worshiping together? And then prayer. How can you teach your family to pray? Then you need to know where. Uh, One of the best places to do family worship is right at the dinner table. Uh, You can have maybe a table in your living room or your dining room that has all your materials close by. So once everybody is done with dinner, you can just pull out your Bibles. You can pull out your Bible study time. Uh, What we do is our our dining room is just right next to our living room, kind of an open floor plan. And so we have dinner and then we get up and we go into the living room and we've really centered our living room around family worship. Uh, We've removed the television. We have the piano in there and a guitar in there. And we've got a bookshelf with all of our resources. And we make sure that after dinner um, that we, we, we get up from dinner, well, we put our plates up and then we go into the living room for family worship. Uh, and that's the, the last, is when. Uh, it's, it's best, usually, we found to do it after an evening meal. Um, and we plan ahead so everyone's there. Maybe if we've got something going on later, like maybe we've got baseball practice or a game, uh, we'll do it before dinner. Uh, but we, we try to look ahead so that we, we're not being caught off guard. So preparation is absolutely critical when implementing family worship. So after you've prepared, you want to make sure that you're successful. Right? You want your family to be engaged. You want your family to understand the reason and the purpose you're doing this. Uh, so it's it's really important to follow these keys to success. And the first one is brevity. Don't force it to be this hour, hour and a half long, uh, deep, in-depth Bible study with your kids. Especially if it's not something you've really done before. And if you've got younger kids, uh, sometimes it, it can be really difficult if you try to drag it out. So, so keep it short. Honestly, 15 to 25 minutes. You can go a little bit longer if the kids are older or maybe they got other questions. You know, feel free to go longer, but really keep it into that 15, 25 minute part. Uh, usually we'll do like catechism for five minutes. We'll sing a song. We'll do some scripture reading and application. 
and then we'll end in prayer. The second key to successful family worship is consistency, creating a daily habit. If you do it sporadically, uh, or maybe you just try to do it a few times a week, uh, often you, you start missing and then you just forget about it again. So don't make excuses, just do it daily. Uh, that's why you do it at the dinner table, make it a point to sit down and have dinner together, make it a point to have family worship right after. If you've had a bad day, if you're tired, if you're frustrated, I get it. There's been plenty of those days where I haven't actually wanted to follow through on this, but I needed to. Um, and in doing so, it really drove me to the Lord and allowed me to you know, put down my, my own uh, frustrations. Maybe I just had, had a really hard day and I just don't want to do it. But you know, pushing through and, and being consistent actually helps build that discipline. Uh, and honestly, Christ will sustain you. Christ will give you the strength to fulfill this task. And lastly, the key is to model the Christian life. Be yourself. Uh, you're, you don't have to be something you're not. Make it unique to your family. You know, these are guidelines. These are like best practices, right? But you don't have to do it exactly the way that, that I do it. Uh, find something that works best for your family. But one thing that's really important is show reverence to God. Uh, there's a lot in our culture today, um, you know, where it's almost like Jesus is our buddy. Um, or he's just our friend. But we also have to remember that he's our Lord and that we're coming into the presence of God, the Father, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the creator of everything that we need to show reverence to God. And that, that shows your children, that shows your wife that you take God seriously. So we've talked a little bit about preparation. We talked some of the keys to a successful uh, family worship time. So now I want to talk a little bit more practically about each of the steps. So remember family worship, it's, it's about scripture reading. It's about singing songs, uh, and it's about prayer. So first we're going to talk about scripture reading. How do we uh, do this scripture reading? Some of you may be thinking, well, I'm not a theologian. I don't have all this Bible knowledge. That's okay. Um, all you need to do is, is read the Word of God and allow the Word of God to help you and also find some resources of a people that, that will help you out. So have a plan. Uh, know the book of the Bible you want to study, or maybe you want to study parables. Maybe you want to do scriptural themes. Uh, the goal, though, should be to try to cover the entire Bible over time. To really take your children, take your wife, your whole family through the whole Bible. Uh, use special occasions to, to pull out things like the Lord's Supper or baptism or holidays as well. But really make sure that that whole preparation phase is important that you plan. Also make sure you involve everyone. Allow the children to read scripture. Allow your wife to read scripture. And really involve the whole family in the process. And then encourage your family to, to read privately beforehand. Say, hey, we're going to be studying uh, the book of Psalms and we're going to be going through, you know, Psalm 1 through the end. Um, so today we're going to be doing Psalm 5. So go ahead and read that earlier today. That way when we, stop, we talk about it tonight, you may have some questions or something to add. So scripture reading is important. Start to build that culture of reading scripture in your homes and modeling that for your kids. Uh, and then allowing them to engage in it as well. I mean, we have an amazing opportunity to have the Word of God in our homes. This is not something that was always the case for the Christian world. So we shouldn't take it lightly. We should actually be uh, very uh, appreciative. And also, we should consume the Word of God because it is what sustains us. So after you read Scripture, we need to instruct on what the Scripture is teaching us. Now the goal here, keep it simple. Uh, ask your children if they understand what they're reading. If you need to, have a good commentary on hand. That way it can help you understand what's going on. Prepare ahead of time. This is a theme, right? Um, ask your children if they have any questions. 
And if you don't know the answer, that's okay as well. Tell them that you'll go find it together. Uh, have a study Bible or go to your pastor or go to a Christian friend that you trust. Um, but show them that it's okay to not know, but to not stay there, right? It's all right not knowing something as long as you're willing to go find the answer. And I think that's a really cool model that we can do uh, and really show our kids here in Bible instruction. Um, a big thing too is be pure in doctrine. Doctrine matters. Be simple, but be sound. So don't make things up. Uh, don't add to scripture. Don't take away from scripture. Make sure that you're standing firm in doctrine. And this is where knowing what you believe is going to be very important. Again, ask pastors, ask elders, ask other people in your life. Read good historical Christian books from church fathers, uh, but make sure that your doctrine is pure. Uh, be relevant in your application. So share your own experiences when it's appropriate and use illustrations. Be affectionate. Model God's love in the process. Show how God works in our lives. Um, and then require attention. Now this can be hard, you know, for younger kids. Now don't be stern and, and angry, uh, but do require them to pay attention. Show them that it does matter. A spiritual development requires attention. And it requires us taking time to really understand the things of God to the best of our abilities. But even the young ones, require them to pay attention, require them to participate. Uh, this is something that I often have to remind our boys with, um, but over time they've also learned really, really well how to pay attention, how to ask questions, and how to engage. Prayer is another essential part of family worship. Be short, and it's important that you don't teach in your prayer. Um, God doesn't need instructions. Prayer is us talking to God. So when you're praying, uh, don't try to use that time to further the biblical application, but really use this time to go and seek the Lord. One really, really great tool that we use in our home often is the P-R-A-Y method. Um, so it starts with praise where you give glory to God. Uh, then two, you go to repentance and you ask for forgiveness of your sins. Three, you make requests to God. You ask God uh, maybe you have needs or things going on in your life that you really would desire for the Lord to intervene. And the last one is yield. So taking time that after you've you've asked the Lord for all of these things, that you yield your heart to his will and to his sovereign rule. Uh, in your prayer, be direct, be natural, but yet reverent, uh, and be varied. You know, don't, don't be so rigid in your prayer that it just becomes formulaic. Um, show your kids that, that prayer is a conversation with God and that God desires to hear their thoughts. Singing is another essential part of family worship. This is a, one of those areas where often we get a little bit of pushback when, when sharing with, with people. Um, you know, maybe you're not musically inclined and that's okay uh, because singing is still a powerful way for us to express our love to God and it's something that as we've talked in some previous episodes, it's something that's commanded of us in scripture. So when we go to sing, uh, make sure that you're singing doctrinally pure songs, songs that that teach what the Bible is teaching and songs that teach um, what is true. There's a lot of songs that sound really good, but they have some not so good theology. And so you have to be careful. Uh, so teach songs that are gonna instruct. This is one of the reasons that we teach uh, and sing both psalms and hymns in our home, because often these are much more rooted and grounded in scriptural truths. And they've got some amazing backstories. So we actually even take time to tell the stories 
of these hymns and what was going on in the hymn writer's life when they wrote the hymn. So it's pretty cool. And we will actually teach them verse by verse and why they were singing that song and, and why it matters still today. It's a really powerful way to, to really instruct and show the goodness of God through music. Uh, keep it simple. If you don't play an instrument, that's fine. Use uh, an app on your phone and, and sing along with the recording. There's a lot of ways for you to engage in singing. And make sure that you sing heartily and with feeling. This is a vulnerable part for a lot of families, especially families that aren't musical. But as you teach your kids to be proud, to sing praises to God, it will really allow them to express themselves in a really deep way and allow you to express yourselves and show your emotion and affection towards the Lord in front of your family, which is really powerful for fathers to do. So up to this point, you may say, okay, Ryan, these are some really good ideas. Uh, thank you very, very much, but I have some objections. So let's talk about some of those common objections and some rebuttals. So one of the objection is there's no explicit command in the Bible to have family worship. Go ahead and listen to the past two episodes and I think we rebuke that. The next objection is we don't have time for family worship. Well, if you have time for recreation, sports, uh, watching TV, any of those things, then you have time for God. So this is where you have to start making some changes in your life. For us, we, we literally removed the TV uh, because it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. Now, it doesn't say we don't ever watch TV or we don't ever watch movies or sports. We absolutely do, but family worship is a priority. We do that before we do anything else. There's no regular time when we can all meet. Uh, set a time that works for most of your family and do it regardless if everybody can be there or not. Be flexible if you need to be uh, or cancel other events if needed. This is so powerful and so important. And if we look at the, the long run, if we look at the, the realm of eternity, we may miss out on certain things this side of heaven. But when we get to heaven, we're never going to go, man, I really wish I would have watched one more episode of X, or I really wish we would have gone to that football game. None of that is going to matter. What matters is the souls of those who God has entrusted into our care. Uh, another objection is our family's too small, or my kids have already grown up. You only need two people for family worship. Uh, so start now. You know, if you don't have kids yet, start now. If your kids have grown up and they've left the home, start now. And when they come back, invite them to do it. Begin to do these things as soon as possible. Another objection is our family is too diverse. So this is where you can get creative and adjust so everybody can benefit. Give the older children opportunities to maybe read more or ask more questions. Uh, allow the, the younger ones to, to pair up with the older children to find scripture passages. There's a lot of things you can do to be creative here. Another objection is I'm not good at leading our family in worship. That's okay. We all have to start somewhere. Fail forward. You're not going to get it perfect. Uh, there's still days where I'm not as good at it that, as I wish I would be. Um, there's days where I feel like maybe I'm just going through the motion. But I know if I build this consistency um, and I continue to press forward that, that it will be fruitful. And it has been extremely fruitful in our lives. Another objection is some won't participate. Well, this is where you need to, to man up and be the man of the house. Make them. This is your home. You're supposed to lead your home, so start adding some consequences. If we don't have family worship, uh, then you don't have your cell phone. You don't have your car. You don't get to do the things you want to do. It may seem a little bit harsh, uh, but it's extremely important. This is an area that we cannot be lax on, that we actually have to be 
very, very diligent. And the last objection is I can't carry a tune. Use tracks, encourage everyone to sing along, turn the volume up loud, whatever you need to do. Uh, but but don't disregard singing because it is something that is, it is very essential to the family worship process. And as we end today, I really just want to give you some encouragement. So why should you invest in family worship? You see, as Christian fathers, we need to have eternity in mind. So you need to do all that you can do to point your family to Jesus. As Christians, our chief end in this life is to glorify God. And when we lead our family spiritually, God is glorified. And lastly, a family that worships together grows together. If you have any questions about this process, if you need some, some further help, please email me. My email is ryan at reformedandredeemed.org. I'd love to just, just give you some resources and help you get this started because this is something that I can flat out tell you as a dad, as a husband, will change your family forever.